Welcome back, bad movie lovers, to the worst movie of the year, a City of Geek podcast. This is our fourth episode. We're looking at 2014's Septic Man, following up with 2020's Verotica, 1997's Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and 2007's Date Movie. You can find those episodes however you found us, probably around there somewhere. Uh, if you're coming us the first time, thank you. If you're returning after watching and listening to these other ones, I also thank you. I really hope you're watching the movies as well, because I want some people out there to be just as masochistic as me when it comes to our bad movies. But if you're coming to us for the first time, this is the general setup. Every week I choose a random year between 1965 and the current year. I go down the Metacritic, and I find the worst thing on there that's currently available and that we haven't discussed before. Only your fourth episode, so there's no repeats yet, but I'm sure it'll start to happen eventually. I gather up a group of friends who are willing to watch it with me. We watch it, and we talk about it. Some exceptions along the way, since Verotica is not on Metacritic, but we had to talk about that one to start it off with. However you came to us, go ahead and subscribe, like, and share. The more people we can get to listen to this masochistic uh, work as, as much as me, I'm more appreciated. And don't forget to check out the City of Geek's regular podcast at cityofgeek.com or on iTunes or however you listen to your podcast. You can probably find it there. For the folks playing at home who uh, would like to know the voices of the people that they're hearing, why don't we all go through and introduce ourselves? And if you want to plug something at this point, that's cool too. If you want to wait to the end, that's whatever works for you. It's all up to you all. Uh, Tony, why don't you go first? Uh, Well, this is Tony. I am a freelance writer here in the Seattle area. I write about film for a website called uh, thesunbreak.com. I write about music for a uh, website called artisthome.org. And I also uh, have the honor of co-hosting City of Geeks podcast with this gentleman and scholar, Mr. Bob Foster. And I also contribute to that blog slash website. And I am delighted to be here. (laughs) Eric? Well, hey there. Eric Morgridge here. I do uh, Crypticon Seattle Film Festival and work and. Strange Eons Radio, in which we are currently releasing far too many episodes on a weekly basis. So if you want to listen to one new, just wait a day or two and you're going to get another one. I'm I'm behind. I'll catch up soon. I I know. I'm I'm a regular (laughs) listener too, Eric, and I am like totally behind. And I'm like, you know, there's this funny meme that says something to the effect of when, uh, you know, the, the ultimate the, the ultimate way to feel like a ghost is listening to a podcast and like knowing answers to trivia questions that aren't, you know, and so I'm always <laughs> like, ah, I consider our podcast experts in helping people feel that way. Oh, <laughs> I just, you guys are terrific. I, you know, not, not to be, not to be all schmoozy, but uh, I really, I strange eons passes the don't know you from Adam test which is if I didn't know you from Adam I, and I'd still listen to it, then it must be pretty good. And well, it's pretty you. damn good. So yeah, I listen well every there. Thursday. So thank I still you, have a long you. commute. So, oh. <laughs> uh. and uh, Jason, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Name's Jason Weiss. I've uh, paneled at Crypticon the last couple of years and uh, I did go to film school though. Music was my preferred uh, art artistic medium. So I record under the name laughing window. Awesome. And uh, I'm Bob Foster, and uh, just like the other three of these guys here, do panel and do stuff for Crypticon, uh, and also watch movies for Eric for the festival, along with City of Geek uh, website and podcast, so you can subscribe to us over there for other uh, other general horror and science fiction and, and, and genre uh, talks. Um, we're, we haven't put up too many episodes lately, but there's uh, the 30 or so that are currently on iTunes or whatever you listen to. 
Uh, and like Jason, I did also go to film school. Uh, well, kind of, I have a film studies degree, um, which now I'm going for my master's and not film. So see how far that got me. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, and uh, yeah, everyone here has been on the show before. Uh, Jason and Tony were on the first episode for Veronica, and Eric was on the second episode for Date Movie. So I'm really glad to have repeat uh, repeat talkers and scare you guys away. Repeat offenders. <laughs> uh, which is kind of the idea is that we'll have you know different people, but a lot of the same people coming back based upon people's interests and, and what have you. Uh, but today we are talking about 2014's Septic Man, uh, which was. Uh, <laughs> Has an eight on Metacritic, so it's the lowest one we've had rated so far, besides Veronica, which doesn't count because I actually have one. Uh, so out of the three that are on there, this has been the lowest. Um, so oddly enough, I've kind of liked it best out of the four. Um, but oh well. Uh, and I, I, I lost my note here. I was about to say who wrote and directed it, but I'll worry about that later. Uh, oh, I got so it. Just, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's probably important to mention who wrote it. Tony Burgess, who also wrote Pawnee Pool. Yep. So he has some some credibility <laughs> before this, yeah. and then it was directed by a guy named Jesse Thomas Cook, who's done a number of other sort of schlocky horrors, judging by their IMDb ratings. Yeah, I've seen Monster <laughs> Brawl. Uh, yeah. I watched it about two years ago, and I thought it was the biggest piece of shit that I saw ever. Ever. Uh, so I'm not surprised that he also made this. But uh, going, but the writer going from Pontypool to this, he wrote the book and the and the movie for Pontypool, and that movie is so good. Uh, which also features Stephen McCaddy, that it's such a shame that this is not. <laughs> <laughs> Just to put it a little bit mildly. So and, uh, I have uh, this wasn't released theatrically. It was, uh, as far as I can tell, maybe no. a small release. <laughs> uh, it did play at Fantastic Fest uh, in 2013, yeah. where it apparently won um, Best Actor. Uh, and <laughs> a lot of people really enjoyed it from Fantastic Fest. I went and read a couple reviews and, uh, I was like, whoa, okay. From, but from, from Fantastic Fest to actual release, uh, definitely a big difference. I guess one of those things where you're sitting in an audience with a lot of people, you might enjoy something a little more than you're watching it at home, sitting through like, what the fuck is this shit? Well, it, and there, may be, there may be a bit of a, uh, a uh, supportive uh, you know, hometown filmmaker yeah. advantage. And also, um, given the fact that, the, that Tony Burgess uh, created such an interesting and unique and genuinely high quality take on the quote zombie genre unquote there was probably a lot of inbuilt goodwill when this movie yeah. first uh first hit festival screens and um spoiler alert they kind of squandered it <laughs> yeah we're not worried about spoilers at all <laughs> the director yes. also had a pretty big festival hit with monster brawl or whatever the title is because yeah. uh, they they were pushing me to show that at God, it might have been myth. And honestly, if you took, you could do one thing and make that movie work. They should have given those wrestlers an audience. Hmm. If you'd had loud creep people cheering and yelling about it, it probably would have been at least fun to watch because the wrestling was decent. The effects were well done. The makeup was decent, but man, it was just like, to put on a WWF and watch it with the sound off. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it was a very uh, Monster Ball is a very awkward movie, uh, <laughs> and so like I don't know, it's one of those things where it looks so digital, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, one thing I will give this movie credit for is it does not look digital. Uh, I 
the thing that I was impressed with, uh, and I'll use that in air quotes, is that it is pretty competently acted overall, and it is actually very nicely shot in terms of what they were trying to capture on camera as opposed to what they got. It, it pretty much all jives, and it, and it, you know, now the big irony is, you know, again, spoiler alert, this is my first official disclaimer, which I wanted to open with is, I never want to hear any of you fuckers piss and moan about a Rob Zombie movie or Veronica again, <laughs> because I thought that this was that agonizing. Um, I would say this was basically like the Toxic Avenger or Street Trash directed by Michelangelo Antonioni or some other Italian neorealist after he was pistol whipped and his head was submerged in a filthy Canadian rest stop toilet full of liquefied shit. <laughs> Here's the difference I'll go though with Rob Zombie as a comparison. That man has all the money he needs to make whatever he wants, and he still puts out mid level B movies. And I don't think he feels like he puts out mid level B movies. I think he feels he's creating the greatest horror movies we're watching today. And with some exceptions, he's not. I haven't seen Veronica yet, so I won't, you know, I won't <laughs> go with that. But oh, you're in it, for a treat, my friend. There's an unreleased episode of early when we were called Dead Again Podcast where Kelly and I talk about Rob Zombie's um, Halloween. Halloween. Maybe someday that'll end up coming out, but it is the most singularly brutal episode we have ever recorded. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> but, uh, but however, that's not Septic Man. So, <laughs> Who wants to talk about Septic Man? <laughs> I do want to know, like, I actually had kind of the same two notes there that Tony did, where I thought she was thought was competently made, yeah. looked all right. It kind of, it you know, the actual content was negligible. Uh, but I was like, when I was when I was writing down notes, like, this is the best made out of the four movies I've watched so far, and it has the lowest rating so far. Uh, I don't see where the eight is really coming from, besides the fact that nothing really happens. Uh, I think that maybe the eight was maybe a little slightly too low compared to some of the things that were above it on i can't remember what they were for that we can respectfully year. agree to disagree on that bob <laughs> I, I mean it definitely deserves a low grade but I uh the, <laughs> yeah I, th I thought the first act was serviceable like the first 20 25 minutes or uh, oh yeah. after that opening scene that doesn't connect to anything that's else. amazing <laughs> you know what i thought i thought that 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 pointless opening scene of a woman in a vile, waste-spattered bathroom, puking in a bathtub while having projectile diarrhea was kind of in the spirit of the kind of random inserts that you would see in a really awful exploitation movie from the 70s that would just get cut, <laughs> cut into a really lame drive-in movie just to like rattle people's attention in the opening minutes that's what that that whole first scene felt like because it's completely disconnected from the rest of the movie yeah, yes. if you did if you started with the dude taking the dead cat out of the, the sewer and then julian uh julian richard richings uh, coming over to talk to him you would you would have nothing yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I understand starting with a, a little bit of a a push exactly uh, and I certainly assumed it was foreshadowing to something, and I kept waiting for it to, to oh, pay God. off. Oh, and that's where she'd come around in the third act and save him, or oh my God! And that's the whole—that's <laughs> one of the fascinating things about this movie is they lay out so many things that you think are going to be latent symbolism or foreshadowing that's going to end up becoming significant as it goes forward, and none of them do. 
none of these weird ass random tangents they go on are ever given a place to land. It's very, it's very weird. I mean, I'm, I'm all for dream logic. I mean, Jesus, I'm a huge Dario Argento fan. So, I mean, if anybody's going to be able to swallow like non-linearity and dream logic, it's going to be me, but this yeah, movie I was literally is watching like... Phantasm 3 before I, that, I paused <laughs> that to start our recording. <laughs> no worries, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, it's just, uh, it, it's just, I mean, the thing for me is I, it just felt like a mess. I mean, it was like, I, I, I think it, it was, it, it was, it was kind of, it, it was again, competent, competently well acted and shot, but it was agony to me and not like traumatic getting your finger chopped off or like a gut punch agony it was kind of like a an annoying charlie horse it just kind of <laughs> lingers and it kind of makes you uncomfortable and you're a little bit annoyed you know and the thing that kind of really floored me is that it for me at least aside from that opening scene most of it lacks kind of the sicko energy to even be confrontational or assaultive to the senses it's it's just kind of like for me it was it was like a smelly set of discarded undergarments in an urban back alley that were like moldering in a marinade of restaurant bacon grease and fucking homeless person's curing. It was just not wow. perilous, not a provocative movie. That's a, you have a cute cat, Bob. Um, <laughs> and, but the thing is that for me, it just felt really, it didn't feel like perilous or provocative it just felt like icky and trivial and just like something you would avoid like some unsightly undergarments in a in a back alley you know it was just ooh. yeah See, for me it didn't even go sorry it didn't even go that far i was just bored yeah um, oh much of it yeah absolutely that's exactly yeah. it i mean well you can be very bored as you're walking past um you know urine soaked homeless person's undergarments so yes i was very bored walking by this metaphoric cinematic homeless person's undergarments Go yeah, figure. It, yeah it's very confused as what it wants to be it's not campy enough to work like a, a trauma film thank it's you the half-assed unexplained serial killers that kind of come out of nowhere with no context or, or background. I, look, Besides we, a couple we, news reports saying there's people vanishing in the area, but that's about it. You know, I, you know yeah, I, this is the thing with this movie is that it really, um, it really felt to me like it was so completely and utterly disjointed. It wasn't even funny. It, it's like the plot you know, and I'm going to use plot and air quotes, fits on the head of a pin, which is yeah. basically that a shady, uh, you know, government type guy slides some money to a professional septic technician named Jack, uh, a sizable sum of money to resolve a water shortage or some sort of like crisis or something. And so Jack ends up going to this uh, waste treatment plant to investigate or solve the problem or whatever. They never really state clearly. He falls in and then Stays shitty, yeah, things start, <laughs> shitty things start that's, to happen, metaphorically. Yeah, that's the weird thing about that is it's, uh, it becomes an escape room movie that never really moves forward with any escape room things. There's one <laughs> attempt that he makes, but it doesn't yeah. really go anywhere. And then I got to close my things here before it goes off. Uh, that it never really goes anywhere with that end of things. It never goes anywhere with the shady government agent. doesn't go anywhere yeah. with whatever the mayor's up to. 
because uh, he oh, falls God, into the uh, into this in, into the septic tank. So it's not like he was pushed in there, or it was designed to get him in there. He solves the problem, which apparently was the body shoving up the sewer. Uh, but it's all by accident, so nothing happens from that. Uh, so he, I wonder, like, what was the deal besides the fact that apparently he fixed the problem a couple years ago, so he'd be the guy to do it. Right. I like that they said that too. Like huh? he was part of the old system or whatever, but he's obviously like, you know, like 25, 30 years old. <laughs> I know, that was what really part of the old, the old uh, infrastructure of the old septic system. Like I, what other is there? Isn't it all pipes, water? Well, yeah. to pop up exactly. at some point and be like, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought at first that maybe it was going to be some site some kind of satire but then there was no nothing no yeah. oh it's, it looks that like talking about toxic avenger lacks any of the satire that trauma tries to put in there's oh, being at 80 minutes of of toxie's creation without anything to push with it you know yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really it's really funny because i think and and i think the the definitive proof of exactly how misguided this movie was and how how they like really looked at and again the the shit and the crap and the septic mem- metaphors are going to keep on coming up while we talk about this fucking movie i think what the, the yeah, big, uh, big clue, no prize ever drops the most loads of puns but, oh, oh, <laughs> oh man Go ahead, That's a good start. i don't know if i'm going to be able to follow up with quite you know quite as ample uh, a size of loaf as you just did but the thing that really um is telling as to how clueless this movie is tonally and i love your i wish that the audience could see the zoom telecast here because your cat keeps on disappearing and reappearing again and it's pretty rad bob but anyway i diverge the thing that really is a huge clue as to how misguided this movie is is it feels so earnest so much of the time and then at the very very end the closing theme song which is the septic man theme song is so silly and so goofy it's the kind of piece of silly novelty song that would be in a toxic avenger sequel you know that would be much more aware of of itself in terms of 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 like displaying a sense of humor so it felt to me like they were they went through editing they went through the whole process of, of putting this movie together and editing it and thinking they were making this great work of art and then finally cook and Burgess screened this in front of civilians who watched it and just were like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is off so awful. It's almost, almost comical. And they were like, oh shit, how do we make the audience, how do we justify and make everyone think we know it's a big joke all along? Let's give it a jokey closing theme song. He's living the pipe dream. <laughs> I gotta say, I that was give, one of the lyrics. You gave oh, this movie God. a lot more thought than it deserved. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) going back to the opening scene when that started up i was like okay is this going to be actually one of those things like the wonderfully glorious horribly stupid and hilarious monster yeah (laughs) and because you go with a name like this and you're going to gross fine i don't particularly like watching people throw up that's for damn sure but i expect death I expect that for a movie like this. Oh yeah. And and then like I said, it totally abandons that. And then it's it feels like knowing the Pontypool uh, writer put this together, it feels like they were shooting the movie. The producer came in and said, We're running out of money. 
we need to shorten the film, grab the script, pull 10 pages out of four, five, six random places and go, there's your <laughs> script now. I, you know, I think there's something to that, man, because this movie feels so disjointed. It feels like there are giant chunks missing. And worse yet, because it's so sluggish, uh, it took it. What's really horrible is you're watching it wanting some sort of action, some sort of payoff. And at about the 40 minute mark, I realized with quite a bit of horror that we're going to be stuck in this fucking septic system for the whole fucking movie. We're going to be stuck in this one gross, dingy, uninteresting location for the entire 86 minutes of this movie. It's just, oh my God. Yeah, like, yeah that's the thing also... that I expected. Because uh, I had seen, without, I went in the, without really knowing the plot, but I did see one of the plot descriptions somewhere. It's like an origin story for a superhero of septic mad. So it's like the third act, him to be out and finding out what's going on and why he was there, et cetera. Et cetera. I know. And it doesn't happen. It just waits. Well, and like, and like, cr- this movie's this 83 this... minutes long and he's still inside. <laughs> this is what it feels like to me. When I, wa- when I got done, when I got, was watching the movie, you get to the closing scene of the movie and at the, and the closing scene of the movie literally feels like it should be the beginning of the plot. Yeah. Because he's standing there screaming. He's the monster now. And you're thinking this is the point in which toxic Avenger would just start to take off. So the whole movie <laughs> to me, the whole movie felt like, like one 80 minute long cut scene from the feature film that actually would have started with the closing scene of the movie, if that makes sense. Because it literally feels like, okay, this is where the momentum would be going. Oh, wait, it's over now. So I sat through 80 minutes of, like, literally nothing. It it is so inert. There is so little (laughs) that happens in it. Jason, I interrupted you a little bit ago. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say, going back with what Tony said about we're going to be stuck in this place, I also thought (laughs) they did a pretty poor job. Like, I was just confused how long he was actually in there. Yeah. Oh, I know. There's never any, like, outdoor – there's no reference to time. So all of this is going on, and it really feels like he's just been in there for a day, maybe Oh, I know. Based upon the half-assed story of of the mayor, it seemed like everyone left, and then they came back. And it's been a couple of days. So his wife doesn't seem all that worried that he hasn't returned uh, at all. Like she's like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. I got oh, it, it feels like a day. It feels like a day right. goes He's by. Drinking the it blood. Feels like one day, and... complete quarantine. Everyone evacuate, and the next day, okay, everybody back home. And the <laughs> other thing that's crazy, you know, if Seth was on the show right now, like he was on Veronica, his head would be exploding, <laughs> and it would be really fucking messy because this is one of those classic like really clueless movies where no clear ground rules are established. It's impossible to establish stakes and you know who's really super clearly in jeopardy. When this guy starts to mutate, it's like, there's no like exploring what's going on with him. It's just one minute. He's, he's normal. One minute he's caked in mud. And the next minute he's got what looks like a whole, you know, phalanx of warts all over his face. And it's like, well, what? what? Yeah, Cause they never really established that it's toxic water. You know, if I remember. Right. Right. That's this, probably the scene that that should have been in the very beginning was that girl exactly. like starting to mutate or something. So at least it came back around. It's established that this, the, the sewage is causing. Yeah, especially since the mayor effect. makes a point to drink the water and there's all the shots of his wife drinking the water. It's like, this means that the water should be bad, you know, right. but it's never established, never in there. Uh, 
yeah, what was with uh, having Stephen McCaddy in there as an almost Robo, you know, RoboCop? I'd buy that for a dollar sequence, but nothing oh, God, came I know. from there. Just like they got him for a day, and we can put him in the credits for people who know who he is. <laughs> I think I think Burgess was phoning in a favor is what was fucking happening is because he's and you know what's really funny is if you watch the close the last kind of monologue that McCaddy has as the mayor, really listen to it. He sounds drunk as a fucking dog. <laughs> and he's like making shit up, you know? I mean, he's like, I just really, I wish I would have watched this one. No, I don't wish I would have watched it, you know, enough times. But I, you know, I, part of me is bummed I didn't like write down or record his monologue at the end, like at the end of the movie, because it is so disjointed. It is so drunken that it's <laughs> obvious that he was, that somebody said, okay, Steven, this is what's going on. Make it up, go bang you know and he had had a couple of highballs or something you know yeah, even, I think if i can i might go back to the movie and and uh don't save that little bit that little clip uh just that pop in because the, the rental cost and the buy cost were the same on amazon <laughs> so oh, I, I know it. i'm like oh this is how bad oh, it was i refused to i refused to pay in full for it i paid the rental cost because it saved me like a buck and a half so yeah uh, if you buy Get sd it's the same exact price <laughs> <laughs> so I bought it just straight up. Wow. Oh man, dude, are you sure you're not an ex-Catholic? Because that's some serious ex-Catholic masochist. I am an right ex-Catholic. There. Okay, good. <laughs> and I know it explains a lot, my friend. Cheers. For, for me, oh, the date movie actually bothered me a lot more. This one is just kind of boring to me, but date movie was flat out fucking offensive, time and time again. <laughs> and it had tons of money. It had tons of talent, and they delivered garbage i mm. septic man's a mess but i don't see this being <laughs> <to find>. a <laughs> uh five million dollar film yeah because i think the, yeah. the filmmakers were trying to make something even if it was misguided uh in a different way than say date movie which is very cynical <laughs> it, yeah for me I, the well, bones this is... of this film felt like there was something there like that the serial killers were interesting, although they didn't do anything. Um, the idea could have been interesting. They, there's so much that could have been done. I feel like it's it was two or three rewrites away from being a competent film. Serviceable. Yeah, I, Date I, movie was I'd say pure eight or ten crap. rewrites, but that's just me. I <laughs> yeah, I one of the it was so it's so fascinating to watch a train wreck like this because because it shifts so radically tonally. I mean, when the giant yes. And, you know, and, you know, Mr. Fang guy, whatever the fuck his name was. Lord Or something. Lord Or. Lord yeah, I thought Hawk. the first body that the giant dropped down there was Borg again. And then yeah. it's like, oh, it wasn't. When he showed up again and, later, I'm like, okay. No, and I'm and I, thinking to myself, as, it going, as it's going, when you get to the giant and you get to the guy with the with the sharpened teeth, you're like, does this want to be like City of the Lost Children? Dark <laughs> fairy tale. But it's like too dingy and tedious to kind of really pass muster as a fairy tale <laughs> and that sometimes it feels like it wants to be a visceral survival story of the septic man but but like jack the septic man jack's character is so underdeveloped it's impossible yeah. to care and the central source of drama you know that you know that a visceral gross horror movie set in a fucking sewage plant is like seriously like not on target when the central source of drama is Jack and his pregnant wife. And, you know, and she like, at one, at some point, she like pulls up all of the sewage treatment plant plans and without any sort of cues, 
that she has any sort of interest in Jack's plant schematics or his job. She goes to the plant and fucking figures out how to like pull the vowels and, and, and do the, do the, the stuff and be able to like, you know, open it up. I, I just sat there watching her and thinking she's like, does not exist except as a crying, shouting, pregnant plot device. With the hoser accent. Thank you. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I was hoping that one of us would, you know, bring that up. Yeah, she was made in uh, Ontario. A, I yeah. Think. yeah, it's a topic about which we should be talking for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> Yeah, like on that thing, like literally one of my notes was here is like, I never thought a movie about a dude stuck in a septic tank trying to get out while a pair of murderous brothers taunt him as he transforms into Toxic Avenger would be so fucking dull. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, game, set, and match. Bob for the win. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah so it's this weird thing it's so dope because it never yeah as as we mentioned a little before it never really gets in there it's never gross enough to be a gross out movie besides its setting uh it, it seems like it's sometimes it's trying to be because there's a dead baby there's a dead cat you know there's a lot of vomiting like they it's all the check marks for the site of movie without actually following through but you know as, as eric was saying like it feels like it's almost almost there like if they had more money or if someone came through and like rewrote the script or yeah just tonally it's just too it's too self-serious to be yeah oh that goofed it up a little more so yeah i mean i again i think that i think that a lot of i i think that burgess established an awful lot of goodwill like by right out of the gate writing a really strong horror movie why in the hell did he affiliate himself with a director like Cook, who... Oh, they made more I, movies together. Yeah, they've, yeah. There's they've more written and directed it. together a couple of different things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's... The thing is, again, you know, getting back to the dis- disjointedness of it, there are so many weird elements that they throw in and they never explore. I mean, at the, at the opening, there's a shot of, like, military guys in gas masks shooting some guy in diapers who might be a zombie or something. Do they explain it? Or do they explain it? I mean, did I miss something? I don't something? think so. Thank you. I didn't think I watched. Okay, you know, full disclosure. I watched it twice. You know, trying to. Or not did. Yeah. Well, then you watched Veronica six times for episode Dude. one. So, I, but I found Veronica like six times more entertaining than this. Honestly, I mean this. This is. I, it kind of felt to me like Glenn Danzig is kind of like that laughable but somehow endearing doofus with the mullet who's who's like cramming everything that he loves into this really stupid ass artless movie but it felt like cook and burgess were like these snotty prep kids who thought that they were like they had like this gifted artful insight and that they and that they were going to make an art film out of this visceral horror movie and that they were elevating the base art form you know into this you know slow paced you know um languid artful take on the fucking genre and it would it just was like it just made me it kind of made me actively angry a lot you know go figure hey, it, it, it won a couple of awards i saw that and what I mean, else played that year at fantastic fest for this to win yeah, well, i really want to know <laughs> the best actor for movies? at fantastic this? fest and best makeup at toronto after dark oh. That's well, Toronto, that great. Ontario. The makeup wasn't that Canada. bad. So, <laughs> sorry, there is some regional bias on the and the makeup. The makeup works just fine. And actually, yeah. um, to uh, kind of stick up for the actor who who uh, Jason Brown is his name who plays Jack. Um, he was also for, the set designer. Yeah, well, well, that's true. Yeah, um, <laughs> he. Uh, I I think that 
there are the raw materials of a capable performance there, but, but it's so not developed that, you know, again, it comes back to because we, this guy's character isn't developed, you don't feel any stakes in what's going on. And because his transformation is treated in such an arbitrary, arbitrary manner, you just never get the impression you never, you never get much empathy for him. There's, it's just all skin deep. It's like, it's like he's going through these motions that are like, you know, on a technical and academic level, you can appreciate he's giving a competent performance. He's very committed. He's splashing around in the sewer water, yada, yada. But, but there's not really, there, there's no substance to, to what's being presented. There's, there's like, I think, I forget which of you said this, but there are whole chunks missing. It feels like they're just huge whole chunks missing from character, motivation, establishment of a consistent tone it's a it's a big mess it's just it's a very big big mess <laughs> yeah yeah when he's in the sewer he pretty much only just screams help let me out ah pukes there's, oh, there's I know. really not much else much else to it yeah we need to have a couple more elements of like the problem solving aspect of trying to get out besides that one time where you jump down the bottom like of you need to have the forward progression of like I'm getting a step forward and getting a step forward and solving this little thing and now this other you. you know thing comes in to to, to back up my, my progress but the progress never happens so we never have those stakes. Oh yeah of it, of it almost being definitely. there like what he said. There's the only point that only happens that when he's climbing the rope or the, the chains and then the the knee oh. gets stabbed by the giant. And that but that's that's all external. Someone opens the door and says, Hey come on up you know rather than him <laughs> just, almost getting that, there. That, that would much sense. I apologize. I just wanted to praise you for your last sentence about, you know, being stabbed by the giant. That sentence out of context is like, it captures the, the chaotic, <laughs> you know, vibe of this movie with such fidelity. It's scary because it's, <laughs> it, it's so fucking random. You know, he, he stabs, he stabs Jack the suit the the septic man and then like a few minutes later they're talking through a pipe and he's like i'm sorry i stabbed you you know it's like what, what, what? see that yeah. was those were the scenes that made me go there's a lot missing from this film oh totally because <laughs> those yeah. two characters and him should have led to something more oh absolutely yeah. and i think again i think it's a question of tonality because i think if this movie were not like literally and metaphorically crawling in like sewage and and shit and grind so much and so like kind of you know dreary and gut level you might have had something with these two strange characters that was a dark fairy tale you know i mean yeah, those, like living those underground underneath the bridge you know type thing you. yeah it, it's like it's like it's like Cook and Burgess were reaching for some kind of grand symbolism, but were too fucking, you know, preoccupied with jerking each other off to really follow up on it and really put the effort into giving it that consistency, you know? It just, oh man, I, I really, I, I really, uh, this coming from an idiot who watched it twice, I really actively resented it after, the, after I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Molly Dunsworth though was in a very good short film from many years ago. Uh, did everybody ever see Treevenge? Yeah, yeah, yes. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my She's god, that short's fantastic. Yeah, it is. What happened? <laughs> I'm gonna take the roles you get, you know. 
well, actors. I don't. I don't hold. I very rarely hold bad movies against the performers. Yeah. Because they're only working. They're trying. You got to take whatever job you can get when you're acting. Because you don't generally create the roles, so you take yeah. what you can get. Yeah. And hope you get a good writer and director. Uh, you know, unless you're somebody that doesn't have to audition, then maybe you could pick oh, and choose yeah. a little more. I think, was, <laughs> I think that was the Veronica route. I, I don't know. Oh, if there yes. are, I don't know if there are auditions for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever showed up that day, you know. <laughs> the auditions were the auditions were Danzig's phone contacts in his like iPhone or whatever, you know. Okay, X porn star, Y porn star, Z porn star, you know. Can you try uh, to X do a French accent? We could try to make this work. <laughs> there we go. Oh my god. See, yeah, I was hoping for a vaudeville French accent at some point. I was hoping for a spider guy with like really phony rubber arms that were hanging on wires to pop out. I was hoping for something that Don't would get too far. Eric hasn't of... seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. I, I read the comic uh, books. <laughs> oh, Didn't God. they speak some French in this? Didn't the giant speak some Yeah, yeah. yeah he was, was, was seemingly, I think he was French-Canadian. So, yeah, 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 he was a pro wrestler, I remember. Yeah, and the actor. Veronica uh, also had a pro Quebec wrestler. Here. Perhaps it's a Perhaps it's a theme. Ooh, <laughs> a threat, a threat to the worst shitty. movies of the year. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I really, you know, it's so, I'm actually impressed with the fact that we've been able to talk about this as much as we have because it, there's like so little to the end result. It's so meandering and it's so like pointless and it's so inert for so much of its length. Yeah, you pretty much I'm, covered everything in my notes. That the, so like we did cover everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like combing through everything and like okay. Yeah, I da, have. Da, 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 da. I have. would say there's like no flow, no personality, no energy, but kind of cuss that a little bit. Or I just wanted more Stephen McCaddy. We always want more. Jack Stephen had McCaddy. an epiphany I, yeah. while drinking a Rolling Rock in the bathtub. I have that in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then holding his uh, sewer maps down with horseshoes. Oh God! Yeah, there's <laughs> oh symbolism, symbolism, and something about beef jerky and a hallucination he had. <laughs> I, yeah, it took me a second time to realize that it. Well, and maybe I'm not even realizing it that the beef jerky was um, Prosser's fingers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, then he spits them out, yeah. and then he spits them out. You know, and it was like, okay, great, whatever. I yeah. Again, I'm, that's where I'm thinking he's. He's only been in there for a day or two. He's already biting off the fingers of corpses. <laughs> hey, when you're start when Could you're starting been... to mutate into a cottage cheese faced toxic zombie, <laughs> you get hungry, you know. Could have been a couple of weeks, like I said. We really don't know. I know. There's no there's no <laughs> right. sense of an establishment. You know, one of the things it's so funny because one of the simplest devices that a director can do to make it feel like time is going by is to do a fade from one scene or, or like a, a montage fade where you have, a, you know, a fade of the character walking around and then it fades into a shot of the character, you know, kind of sitting pensively with his arms crossed. And then it fades into a, a, a shot of the character like writing, you know, numbers on a wall, you know, you get a sense of passage of time. There's none of that in this. It's, yeah. it's really, I, you know, it, it just, it strikes me. I'm like, I've never taken a day of film school. I've watched, I watched a lot of fucking movies, but I've never taken a day of film school. And I sat there thinking I could do a better job structurally of establishing so many things that this movie needs to establish that it's not establishing. It was just, wow. 
yeah they it doesn't doesn't work and I'm, yeah but uh yeah we've put up uh, 40 minutes talking about it and i think it's a pretty good amount of time any final notes before i announce next week's movie and uh let you guys plug yourselves again um i yeah i think one other thing i do want to mention uh that i think it merits mentioning is i actually kind of liked the score but even that was not used very well because it felt like it was plastered onto the soundtrack without any notion as to kind of using it to further specific moods. There are times when it's just kind of, it's largely a synth score and it just feels like it's bubbling underneath without any sort of attempt to integrate it with what's going on. I mean, this is a movie where I think, you know, it's kind of almost monotonous. The score feels more monotonous than it is because it's very, it's very high velocity at points where, the character is just sitting around and stewing in his juices and you need either silence or a more pensive quality to the music. And it's almost like the score is, is it's like they just plastered it on. So you've got when he's like sitting around twiddling his thumb. Yeah. It's a lot know. more dramatic than the visuals. Yeah. Would be. Is that something that you could speak to a little bit more as a musician, Jason, what do you feel about it? No, I, I would guess that it's probably an amateur composer who was doing it more based on maybe the script or direction from, you know, the, the director himself rather than what he was actually seeing. Yeah. Or, or he was being told, the mo- I want the mood to be this, from this kind of scene. It's supposed to be dramatic and kind of, uh, but yeah, it's just constantly pulsing. Like you said, yeah. when all he's doing is just really sitting there in urine filled water. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's quite possible he wasn't even watching the film while i it really well i mean considering it feels like the 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 script writers like never actually put any effort into establishing a, a consistent tone in the first place that would seem very consistent with the gestation of this movie in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> or like they thought they were making a more thrilling movie than what actually came out, you know? Oh God, I know. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks everyone uh, for, for talking about uh, septic man with me uh, this week. It's a movie I hadn't heard of until I pulled it from Metacritic. Oh, like, me oh, neither. Okay. I was like, this is okay. <laughs> you know, I usually I heard of it. Smaller just- but, uh, festival releases don't get a Metacritic because they need to have a certain number of reviews. Um, so I was really surprised that this one did. Because um, like I said, Veronica doesn't have one. A bunch of smaller movies that I do watch a lot of don't get one. Um, so it's kind of a, an abnormality. I expected most of the things in here to be bigger movies. Uh, that People are like, oh yeah, I know that. Um, uh, so next week's movie uh, is pulled from 2017 and also has to do with a lot of shit because it's a shitty movie and shit is the main character uh, where we have the emoji movie. Oh God. Uh, I actually seen this. I saw it before I actually watched the theaters because I seek out these movies. Um, I'm not looking forward to rewatching this and I wonder who's going to join me. We'll figure that out as it gets closer. Um, but, uh, I don't know yeah. if my guilty lapse Catholicism is going to extend to the emoji movie, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, it's always a thing of who's going to show up. Uh, so, uh, can everyone else uh, kind of say who they are one more time, where they can find your stuff, and uh, then I'll let you guys uh, go until next week or whenever you come back. <laughs> uh, Tony. Uh, well, again, uh, artisthome.org uh, is the website that I write for about music. I just recently 
uh, posted a piece uh, about Dave Greenfield, the uh, keyboardist from The Stranglers, one of the great um, uh, first wave punk bands that was more arty than most, who wrote one of my favorite songs ever composed, uh, which is a, a song called Golden Brown. Uh, he passed away. I wrote a, I wrote a piece about um, uh, what this song meant to me. It's on artisthome.org. I'm very pleased with it. Uh, also looking forward to doing some stuff for uh, cityofgeek.com in writing as well as future podcasts and uh, sunbreak.com uh, I also have stuff going as well uh, Twitter handle is Tony K writer T-O-N-Y-K-A-Y W-R-I-T-E-R and uh, yeah that's what I'm up to uh, Eric yeah Eric Margaret here Strange Eons Radio Podcast uh, we also have a YouTube channel where you can see my films, uh, The Lovecraft and The Package and Shunt House. Just make sure you search for Strange Eons Radio, because if you get Strange Eons, there's a YouTube lady who, I, as far as I can tell, has absolutely nothing to do with Lovecraft or anything. Just ah, like the that nerve. name. But uh, yeah, Strange Eons Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, that, your podcast is, it takes a Lovecraft name, but it isn't always about Lovecraft. About horror, right. generally. Yeah. This, no. If you're not it's Lovecraft, actually, fan, you're it's actually it's actually kind of a. Uh, I guess we're creating our universe. Got Strange Eons <laughs> Radio. The 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 other guy that works with me, Kelly, had Strange Eons Magazine for about ten years, and we did a film about fifteen years ago. Uh, Strange Eons, the thing on the doorstep. So there's there's a through line. Nice. And yeah, once again, Jason Weiss, I record under Laughing Window. I'm on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon, all that good stuff. If you're into glitchy, electronic, ambient industrial, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Cool. Yeah, um, again, uh, actually, Jason, have you, have you put anything out of late? Anything recent that you're working on or putting out soon? Working on, yes. I've got about 45 minutes and about seven eight more tracks to finish up so cool and that's going to be pretty much all ambient so working on a lot of melodic just mellow beatless stuff so yeah it's pretty cool, cool. very happy awesome, with awesome. this and again i'm bob foster and you can find uh cityofgeek.com or both city of geek and the worst movie of the year on facebook and of course subscribe to this share it like it uh, we're on Twitter at City of Geek and at the underscore, or no, the Twitter for Worst Movie of the Year is Worst Underscore Movie. Um, it's one that Twitter gave me. I didn't realize it until after I accepted it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's stuck now. Uh, so you can find us there. You can find me online if you're interested in talking about some of these movies and getting onto the, the general talking list. Let me know. Uh, but uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. I have to mention that. Um, I'm going to post some of these on YouTube as well at City of Geek, where I do some film reviews along with the written reviews over at City of Geek as well. Um, and uh, thank you guys again. Thanks to all the listeners out there. And uh, thank you guys for sh- walking through this pile of shit with me. Just watch Toxic Avenger instead. <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> if, you. If this, the yes. plot does anything.